Welcome to the Sand Hills Media Ministry. We hope this production encourages and challenges you to live a more Christ-centered life. Welcome to Season 3. In this first episode, we are going to be talking about the U.S. border crisis, which is an often divisive and is a very complex question and subject to bring up in American politics. And so we want to be a part of these conversations as Christians. We hope that this podcast would inform your ability to be a part of those conversations, not from a worldly perspective, but from a Christ-centered perspective. To help us out with this, we brought in our lead pastor, Jeff Philpott, uh, to have a conversation about this and see what we should do uh, and how we can address this question from a biblical mindset. Let's jump in. No, the only time you're really going to be free and fulfilled is when, as a created being, you begin to walk in the way that he's created you to operate. But what you do need to do is just be a faithful representation of what you believe. Live it, live it boldly, don't hedge on anything, and just simply be who you are for the sake of Christ and the gospel and the church. And don't think about it in terms of like, did I make sure that they understood that I think they're wrong? In every generation, we need to evangelize the church. There is no Christian culture. Christianity is the message of God's Son sacrificed on the cross for our salvation. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to choose him or not? And I often tell people, people don't leave church because of God. Mm -hmm. They leave because of other people. So as we're looking at the question of how do we balance what it means to be a Christian in America and what it means to look at Scripture, if you've been following the news at all, one of the big things that's come up recently is what's happening at the border. Uh, And that's been in American news for decades, Uh, especially in the 21st century. I remember as a kid growing up hearing uh, George Bush debate about that, Mm. about what to do at the border. Um, And then obviously, as we've gone through Presidents Obama and Trump, that conversation only became larger and larger. And now, uh, during President Biden's administration, if you're following the news, you saw within the past month or so, um, the Haitian border crisis, where when we had thought of the border crisis, you think traditionally of uh, Mexicans coming to America, uh, but now we have Haitians coming through Mexico and other southern um, South American countries migrating through Mexico to the border to try and get into the United States. And recently, uh, down uh, underneath a famous bridge where a lot of people typically camp, there have been thousands of people camping down there. And then you saw uh, images that came out of horses riding into them with Border Patrol. And, you know, wh- whatever side you land on, on what's happening there, you can't help but think, what am I supposed to do about this as a Christian? Right. And so with that being kind of the, the recap, and we see our, our officials saying, we saw the vice president say, you know, do not come to the United States. Like, don't come. Mm-hmm. Stay where you are. Just stay there. Don't come here. Right. Uh, and then we see a crisis of people trying to make a better life. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian caught in America, it can be very difficult to think, okay, what am I supposed to think about this? Right. How am I supposed to think about these people? So how should we even approach this topic and this conversation? How do we do that? That's a great question because I think... I've always maintained that that faith should drive how we respond to everything. Um, and that's where we've got to begin to unpack this just a bit, because I, I think some people would say, well, 
As a Christian, I would think about it this way. But as an American, I think about it this way. And mm. then as a Republican or a Democrat, I think about it this way. Yeah. And I would just push back on that and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you, you're just telling me now that we, somehow you've, you know, rearranged how you process stuff. Like, like it should always be. As a Christian, mm. I think this way. Now, you may be a Christian who votes a particular way. You may be a Christian who lives in America. But it's always, as a Christian, I think this particular way. And so mm. I, I think... If we were going to establish what I would call some ground rules for yeah. for how, yeah. how a Christian should approach this, um, but, but just to give you an example. So I think Christian faith touches everything. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call just the other day about, hey, can Christians be cremated? Uh, and I was like, okay, so this is just another example of like, how does faith integrate with, and these things aren't independent of one another. I mean, it's our Christian faith flavors everything. Right. So now we realize too, like in something like this, where we've got people who are trying to get into this uh, wonderful country, by the way, I mean, I love, mm-hmm. I love being American. I love our country. Um, they're trying to get in here because no matter what's going on in America, as much as we might say, this is a place of turmoil. It's a place struggling mm-hmm. with identity right now uh, with incredible tension, uh, with conflict. Like it is still, it's seemingly the best version of what what's going on on earth and yeah. that can go on. And people, so people are begging to get in here. Like your situation, no matter what you say it is, is so much better than mm-hmm. where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have these, these horrible problems happening now where you've got this masses of people who are piling up and there's no shelter, there's no food, there's no water. Mm-hmm. They're showing up with children um, and they're getting stuck. And some are getting arrested and some are losing their lives. And mm-hmm. so you've got a serious crisis going on. And when you've got the complexity of, of all that's going on there, it doesn't lend itself to one-word answers. Um, it doesn't mm. lend itself to, well, we need, just need to pray about this. I mean, this is, this is some really um, tough stuff. And I would even say we've just seen two administrations back-to-back of, of completely different points of view on how they want yeah. to approach something, and neither of them has done a good job with trying to figure out what to do down there. Just yeah. That's my humble opinion. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's already uh, a, a problem. And so we're not helped by unclear rules uh, from our government. Um, so now, fortunately, as a Christian, we can pull back and say, as a Christian, how should I uh, think about this? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think something we need to consider as we go forward in this, uh, and I think this, I think this does tie into a lot of things in America. Like, can you be a legitimate, Jesus-loving, faithful Christian and still have rules and still have laws? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think that's a part of it is, is it okay for the country to set laws that say we we limit who comes into the country. We mm-hmm. limit how they come into the country. Mm-hmm. We have a process by which you can become a member of this country. As a Christian, can I support that? Or is it somehow unchristian if I would support that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would do is I'd say, well, let's remove it from the situations we see right now, like the border for just a second, and go back into the home life. Like, do you set rules for your children? Why do you set rules? Uh, you know, rules are for order. Uh, God's a God of order. Like, how do we do this kind of thing? And I think that you're going to end up in the complexity of the situation with you could legitimately, and, and by the way, Christians can come down on all sides of this. Mm-hmm. Like, like mm-hmm. I can be a Christian and think we should do this, and I should be a Christian and think we should do this, and you guys can be completely opposite of what you think. But one of the things I think we can all agree on is that a nation has to have rules of some sort. Right. And we're fortunate enough to be in a nation where we can influence those, you know, through voting mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, being a part of the process. Um, but it's not unchristian to have some rules about how people come in. When people try to get in, who aren't following the rules that your nation has, you know, what do we do then? I mean, at, at some point, you can sit back and complain, well, that's, we have a process. Okay, we do have a process, but now we have a problem as mm. well. And so how should the, the church respond? And so I think what I want to do is, as a Christian, I would encourage people to say, okay, dig deep into who you are in Christ mm-hmm. and how Jesus views the world. 
And now let's begin to approach this situation in a spirit of, of grace, understanding, and, and mercy. Um, but at the same time, you can hold to a very legitimate sense of rules and understand about how a nation should operate and how you think we should operate. So those would be just a couple of the ground rules, I would say, is that Christianity always guides. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can still end up on different sides of this, but let's at least have a civil conversation laced with grace and mercy. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one of the key aspects of that as well comes into the text where you see Jesus say, you know, love each other as I have first loved you, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. You see the golden rule uh, pop up into that idea. Yeah. You see in the Old Testament that uh, in the commandments to uh, the Hebrew nation, Israel, they're saying you gotta, you need to remember to love and honor the foreigner amongst you. And, and God looks at me and says, because you were a foreigner mm-hmm. in a land and you know what it's right. like, you know what it's like. And so I think bringing those aspects into the equation, what does that mean? How do we love our neighbor and how do we love the foreigner amongst us as because you said you know once they're in the country how does the church now be a part of loving and showing mercy and grace and we as the church how do we do that what does that look like yeah so a, a couple thoughts i have is you know scripture doesn't sometimes give you the detail that you would like mm-hmm. in what i'm supposed to do you know <laughs> so like they they weren't thinking about 21st century america and the mexican border like that's right. you're not gonna find that in the bible so are there principles in the Bible? And I think there are principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find some principles about how do you treat the foreigner who lives among you. Uh, and it, you know, it's not necessarily legal or illegal. Uh, it's just they're, they're foreigner and they're mm-hmm. in your, your land. How do you treat them? And so I actually have a real practical example on this. So I was visiting a friend of mine who's a pastor uh, of a Hispanic congregation in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him about his congregation. And it struck me that as he was talking about the makeup of his congregation, that there probably were some people there who weren't, you know, legally in the country. Mm-hmm. And so I just asked him, I said, you know, do you, th- and I, I probably asked him a percentage, like what percentage of your congregation would you say is illegals? But it was it was higher than I thought. I don't remember the number, but it was mm-hmm. higher than I thought. And then I just asked, you know, like, like as a as a Christian pastor, you know, how do you deal with that? What do you what do you do with that? Mm. And he said, well, I am not responsible for choices they've made to be here. So what they did, what they didn't do, they didn't ask for me to sanction it. I didn't sign off on it one way or the other. They're yeah. just here. Mm-hmm. He said, and now I'm a pastor. And so what is my role as a pastor? My role mm-hmm. is to love people, teach them the word of God, help them to have the best life that they can have here. He's like, I don't call immigration on these people. Like, that's not my responsibility. I'm in no violation of laws for doing that. I'm not in violation of law to love these people and to teach mm-hmm. these people and to, and to train these people. He said, so whether or not I agree with decisions they've made or not, these are God's people and I'm here to love them. And I thought, okay, you know, that's actually a healthy thing because he's, he's not a politician. He's yeah. not, he's not running the yeah. country. He's not running the border. He's a pastor. Mm. And so his role, and he was legitimately trying to get people jobs and money and housing and all. And I thought, okay, that's a good balance. Cause I think you could be somebody who's, you could be somebody. I, this is the, the weird thing about Christianity. You could be a strong uh, American uh, values of, and you could have a strong policy on the border personally, just like, I think we should keep it closed, you know, harsh uh, penalty for anybody that comes over. Like you can do all that and mm. still say, but if somebody's here, I'm going to love them. I'm mm. going to take care of them. I'm going to show them mercy. And it, it would seem, I think some, some are so wired that they, they can't get past some sort of balance. I think to that some are just like, that's like, well, that's a compromise, but like, it's not compromised. Mm. Like God has told us to love people. Uh, now, we also know, and this is where everybody's going to appeal at some point, yeah. you're going to end up at Romans 13 at some yeah. point if you want to have yeah. a real biblical discussion about what does it mean to submit to governmental authority. And for me, Romans 13, the, the big, the big kind of uh, factor, the big context that we have to have is that was written in a very unrighteous form of government. Oh, this yeah. was written during the Caesars. <laughs> uh, the Romans literally at one point are, are lighting Christians on fire to mm-hmm. uh, bring light to their parties. I mean, this is a horrible 
horrible, um, you know, a political system, and yet we're told to, to submit and to honor, and that God sets up uh, these yeah. ruling authorities, and you're sitting there going, I don't, how, what? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't, so there's some balance of, you know, I, I can submit to the rules and the laws of my country, but I have to keep a biblical perspective, and I never want to be contrary uh, to the to the will of God and the role of God um, as I see my role being played out as a Christian. So, I think this is just a couple thoughts I have about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think w- one of the things I thought of as well is, you know, when when we come together as the body of Christ, we are reminded that we're part of a different kingdom. Right. And right. that that kingdom has different values. Yeah, that's right. Right. Where an earthly kingdom, the the highest value is law. Uh, you see, even in Scripture, saying that you know, mercy triumphs over judgment for those who are repenting. Right. right? And you see God's mercy right. be be the greatest good. And so you see, okay, if we're if God is showing us that kind of mercy, how can we show mercy and love to the foreigner amongst us, to people who look, act differently? And we remember the earthly divisions right. aren't from God. Right. The unity yeah. is from God. You know, you brought a good point up too, because I think so it is really easy if you're not careful. And I've got a lot of friends who've done this. Uh, it is really easy to let your politics overtake your faith mm. so that you become so Republican or you become so Democrat that it's actually starting to trump your, your Jesusness, mm. and that's when you're in crisis at that point. Because, and, and if I could say it this way as clearly as I can, that's when you've made your politics your God. And you can't do that. You've got mm. to remember that you've got one Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. However people vote is fine. We can disagree on rules. We can disagree on implementation. But we can't ever disagree on love God and love others. Mm. And um, so with that mandate in place, if I see, like, even if I think, like, you shouldn't be in our country if you haven't come in legally, da-da-da. Mm-hmm. But if I see somebody who steps into church, or if I'm just at the grocery store, and I see a family that I might think is in here, the country, illegally, mm. you know, what, what are my thoughts as I walk by them? Do I, do I scowl a little bit? Do I, mm. Am I condescending? I hear them speaking uh, maybe another language, and I, I shout over, you know, learn English, you know, kind of mm. like, like, well, that is not at all like what we're supposed mm. to be. The idea is that I don't look at them any different. Uh, from who, how I look at my neighbor or my wife or my kids, you know, like, Absolutely. like, you know, I, I'm supposed to love everybody, uh, the same. And to be fair, I'm not in law. I don't work for immigration control. I mean, like I'm just a regular guy, so I'm going to yeah. love them and love others, regardless of how I think politically they should or should not uh, respond or have gotten into the country or participate in our voting process and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, th- I think one of the big markers, and this is something I had to check with myself, um, in high school at the very beginnings of college, I was a I was I would what I would call hyper conservative, mm-hmm. uh, where I was preaching the good news of Marco Rubio and conservative politics far more than Christ. People knew I was you know a conservative kid before they knew I was a Christian, uh, which I that I say that ashamed sure. that that would be what marked my life most. Right. And what breaks my heart is that I would hear arguments about stuff like this, mm. and I was so caught up in my politics that I would forget about the human dignity that all people are created with, yeah. with the image of God. Image of God. Every yes. single person has the image of God in them, wherever they are from. But I was so caught up in my politics, I did not care about this person that God cared about. That's right. You know, and so if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, how do I check, you know, where I am on this, you know, spectrum of falling on, right. you know, am I leaning most heavily on my identity as, a, as being in God's kingdom or in being this earthly kingdom? How are you thinking about your neighbors? Just like you said, you know, are you you know, angry and, and, and mad and wanting to do harm or propagate harm and, or condone harm or even make jokes that lead to harm. Right. Uh, because you're completely throwing away the dignity that they have as an image bearer. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, I think and, that's an important thought process. Well, and hating somebody being compared to murder uh, when the Lord is mm. speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, you, this whole idea that 
if you're hating somebody, it's like the same as you know committing murder on this person. Now, honestly, <laughs> we would view that differently, but mm. but from God's perspective, is yeah, you know, we're not supposed to be people of hate. We're supposed to be people of love, and we got to remember that. Yeah, absolutely. And you you brought up a, a good point. Uh, when you said that the the Old Testament and and the nation of Israel have very different understandings of like things like borders and have different understandings of what it means to be a nation right. um, than our Western modern perspective, right? Um, <clears throat> and then that the New Testament isn't even written to a country; it's written to people inside of an empire That's and right. written to people who are even going outside of that empire to other places. Right? How do we reconcile this idea that we've heard? You know, America's a Christian nation. Mm. And be yeah. like, well, the New Testament wasn't written to a Christian. Like, how do we do this? How do we talk about these concepts of Christianity in the nation, Christianity uh, in politics? And then, you know, someone who says, you know, I'm a Christian in politics, and then they do something. It's like, well, uh, how do you reconcile right, those things, right. you know? Yeah, I am always, I, I almost kind of get a shudder when somebody says we're a Christian nation. I just mm-hmm. like to ask them, like, what do you mean by that? Like, what does it mean that we're a Christian nation? And probably they'll say, well, you know, we were built on, on Christian values, or some might even say that we were founded by Christians. Um, now, I've actually read the history of our founding. I've read about the beliefs of our founding fathers, and uh, we are not a Christian nation. And Jefferson <laughs> was not having the Bible. Yeah, when you, when you cut reference, like Thomas Jefferson cut references to Jesus out of his Bible. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, are you really a Christian? He's kind of the main part. <laughs> you tried to eliminate Christ from the Bible. So, like, like, so we're not, but here's what we were. We were established as, and we're, this is one of the reasons, we wanted religious liberty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can be freedom from God, not just freedom to follow the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then what we wanted was uh, not a theocracy. We wanted a place where everybody could have a voice regardless of what they believed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were, there were aspects of Protestantism that came with that, such as, you know, the Protestant work ethic or Protestant morality that did come with that. But I would not say that we were a Christian nation, but certainly... I think all, all of us who are in the church today would say, well, at least we had some semblance of a moral uh, framework that we all valued historically. Mm. I said, that's true. Um, and our founding fathers did want us to be free to worship God. Like, absolutely, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were things set up. So I, I don't mean at all to d- despair the founding of this nation, but I would say this. Uh, I don't think we're a Christian nation today, even if we were historically. Mm. Um, I think that we're trying to be a pluralistic nation at this point. And even now, to allow any competing value, if a group of people are for it, to, to affirm that. That's something that we're doing now. That's not, that's not a Christian value, by the way. A Christian mm-hmm. value upholds God's law uh, above all others. Um, right. And actually, that is out of favor in our nation today. Mm-hmm. And so that's already a problem. And then I would say this. I think we've also got a problem in the church to turn the, the, the camera on us for just a second in the sense that um, I'm not sure we're always living up to values that we put forth either. Mm-hmm. So I think we've got a, a problem there. But what, here's – let me – bring this to a practical thing. I think yeah. when you start thinking about as a Christian, are we a Christian nation? I don't know if we're a Christian nation or not. I don't think we are. Um, but how do I, as a Christian in this nation, uh, view something like this? How do I approach something like this? Um, and so I would say this, that, that I'm called to the Great Commission as a part of my responsibility. So I'm supposed to love God, love others. One of the greatest ways I can love others is to make sure they're exposed to the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm. And it's not just that I want to change their they're standing with God, which I do. That's preeminent. Where they stand with God, making sure their sin is forgiven, following the Lord faithfully. Uh, but I also have a responsibility to uphold the dignity of individuals. Mm. And part of that is making sure that they have access to things that they would need as much as I'm able. Uh, so when I see, you know, you have people at the borders who are struggling. Like if I, I'm trying to, I've tried to picture this actually historically. Like if I was on the border right now as a church and we have people coming over the border, like I would immediately you know, try to figure out how do I get food, water, shelter, mm. medicine to these people. 
And I, I can already hear the arguments that people would have. And I would say, wait, no, you have to understand something. So just I'll reveal my cards a bit. Mm. Um, I actually believe in a strong border. I think, mm-hmm. I think you've got to have it because um, I think that's just how you run a nation is you, you have to have rules. Um, now, we can argue about whether the rules are too harsh or too lenient or whatever. That's fine. We can have that argument. But, but my role as a pastor to make sure people are cared for, like whether you think people should be here illegally or not, if somebody's here and they're, they're in trouble and they're hurting, like, we should try to do something about that. And when you see these pictures on the news about these these cramped living conditions mm-hmm. in these these prison boxes that we've set up at our borders, yeah. like, that should break everybody's heart. Yeah. And when we find out people are trapped there, they're just trapped. There's no, they're not going anywhere. They're stuck there. And it, the, the provision for them is inadequate. That's when I think if you're going to say you're a Christian nation, nation, you need to start standing up going, wait, this is, like, I don't care where you come down politically, something's wrong here, and mm-hmm. we've got to fix this. Um, and so you end up in the, in the complexity of, I, I think at some point we're no longer concerned about whether we're trying to get them here to be citizens or get them Social Security numbers or whatever it be. At some point, what you're trying to think about is how do we uphold the dignity of these people who are cramped in these uh, tough living conditions? So as a Christian, I think you got to process some of that. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and you look at this and you mentioned really well there that you said, you know, if we were a church on the border, you know, this would be one of the things that we would want to be doing first and foremost to show, you know, be the hands and feet of Christ to these people. Right. Um, but what's something that maybe someone who's not close to the border can mm-hmm. practically do to be a part of the solution? That's a great question. So I have a, I have a couple of, because if somebody were to say to me after listening to this, like you spoke very passionately about wanting to help these people. What are you doing to help these people? I would say, well, we're not doing anything to help those people. We're not, they're mm. not in my context. It'd be the same thing if I argued about, you know, I, I hate the atrocities that I see in North Korea. Well, what are you doing about it? Like, I've only got so many hours in a day. Like I, mm. I'm, I, every now and then I pray about it, you know, so yeah. that's not my thing. But here's how I think you can reflect it in your community. Because let's take the concept, people that are struggling, that they're hurting, and they need help. Mm. All right, so now we're just talking about, it's just based on location at that point. Like, if you're down on the border, you've got a border people who are doing that. You look around at your community today, even in Northeast Columbia, and we're, I think, a fairly affluent area. Uh, we're in the U.S., we're in a good area, there's good jobs here. We've got a whole bunch of really struggling people around mm. us. And so that's where I would say, do you have the same level of care for people, regardless of this, the context that got them there? Do you have the same level of care? And then when I look around our church, we've got all sorts of ministries that we're doing right now to help those uh, who are the least of these that are among us. And so we literally have a number of programs. We're trying to help people, give them the access to the food, the shelter, medicine, stuff they need. So we've got numbers of ways that we're doing that. And we're coupling that with gospel proclamation. Mm. And so whether it's people who've come across the border and they're stuck here or they're trying to figure that out and we're ministering to them, or if it's just people in your own community who are also in very difficult situations, but it's not because of a border thing. It's because of some other... Thing. I think the, the consistency uh, of your, your Christian activity towards those around you who would be uh, the foreigners among you or uh, just people that aren't a part of your church who need mm-hmm. help, I think that's all a part of how we would view it. So I would be authentic to that. Now, to somebody who says, well, that's fine, but I live in Northeast Columbia and I'm still concerned about what's going on at the border. Mm. I say, okay, well, you know what? Maybe God is calling you into a role in politics. Yeah. Um, maybe you need to get involved politically. Like, I love our political system. I, I'm not a part of it. I, I don't want to be a part of it. I'd rather support you to be a part of it. You know, like, go, <laughs> go for it. Uh, but if somebody says, I, I feel this call to do something, yeah. maybe you should be running for local office. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you should set your sights higher. Maybe you should figure out, maybe you support somebody who does. Maybe you get really behind a candidate who's doing something, you know, politically that is in line with your Christian values and beliefs. Yeah. You know, jump on board their campaign, you know, you know uh, support them, you know, blow that trumpet, whatever it is. It is. There's nothing wrong with that. But... Mm-hmm. Just make sure it's driven from your um, your Christian value of humanity. Yeah, and there's also that aspect of you know, if, 
you, you see the scriptures say, you know, pray for workers to go out into the harvest. Right. You know? So yeah. at, at the very least, all of us can be praying for those that the Lord is stirring in their hearts to go down and be the hands and feet of Christ in those places sure. or, or to go and be a part of the solution. Yeah. Uh, so we can at least be partnering in it through prayer. And then what's really cool is when you start praying about workers going into a harvest, you can often find that the Lord starts stirring your heart, just like you said, to be a part of the solution in some way, whether that's through politics, uh, which we have the freedom to be a part of and be Christians, which a lot of countries don't allow Christians to be a part of the political process in any way. Uh, So we do have that benefit, but also it it is not horribly difficult to start a 501c if you get some backing from donors who believe in the mission as well. And you go, you know what, I don't even have to have strings tied to politics. My 501c goes down and we give, you know, sack lunches to everyone down. You know, people want to partner and be a part of these things. Um, and then the other thing is, I mean, it's only a Google search away Yeah, right. to right. find a Christian organization that sure. you can read the values of and make sure that you align with them and say, I want to help support what these people are doing already. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like those churches you were talking about that you've partnered with and talked with, and just like those churches that are down there and NGOs that are down there doing things. Um, we live in a really cool environment mm. where it's very easy to partner with amazing institutions, right. even from far away. So I think right. those are some practical things as we think about this question, you know, because we've got listeners all over the world even. <laughs> this isn't Which Amer- surprises me. Yeah, uh, yeah America yeah, so. isn't even a yeah, part those, of their yeah, country. For those who are out there, that's, they, why are you listening to us? But that's awesome. <laughs> right, we yeah. appreciate you tuning in. But uh, yeah, it's just like these concepts though, and that's what's so beautiful about scripture is that it's not about America. That's right. It's not about, you know, Italy, UK, New Zealand. Those are some, Ukraine, right. those are some of the countries that have tuned in. Christians around the world want to be the hands and feet of Christ to their neighbors, wherever right. they are, because we ultimately remember that we're the foreigners in this land, right? you know, on earth as, as Christians, that this isn't our permanent home. We're just sojourners here. We're just, you know, walking around, right, waiting for our kingdom to come. So this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. So, you know, that you have this whole submit to the authorities thing given in the context of the Roman government. Here, here's the thing about Christianity. Christianity can survive in any environment, mm. any political environment. You can put us in uh, communism, socialism, a democracy, like it, it can exist anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is why I think the Lord did very little with trying to establish a type of government. Mm. and uh, did a lot more to talk about the type of people that should exist uh, within whatever mm. government. Um, and, of course, I mean, I, I love our system. I think it's a great system and all that. But, but the thing is, we could exist anywhere. If, if tomorrow the country turns on a dime and we become uh, some sort of different type of government that many of us would be against— like Christianity is going to do fine. It's mm-hmm. always it's always done well. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> depending on haven't Jesus, haven't stopped yet. Hasn't stopped yet. No, it's it's always dependent on Jesus. So you can legitimately be a Christ honoring Christian in North Korea or in China or uh, in Canada or Wherever. in the U.S. Anyway, it doesn't matter where. So it's just always just as a Christian, how do I do this kind of thing? And so that's what we're trying to process. But the principles work everywhere and mm-hmm. in any given circumstance. And so you know whether you're talking about how you go to your uh, voting or if you're talking about how to interact with your local school district or whatever, like the principles are the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as we kind of close the conversation, one of the things that I was just reminded of as we kind of talk about no matter where we are, what system we're in, what's happening, because, you know, we discussed the border crisis today, but tomorrow it's another crisis yeah, yeah, you know, of something else. Right. Uh, but one of the one of my favorite verses in Scripture is where it says, and I, I can't remember it uh, exactly uh, where it is, but it says, uh, pray 
for the good works that the Lord has set before you for you to walk into. Mm. Or it's that idea of you're praying for the wisdom to see the good works that have already been prepared, but are you going to have the faithfulness to walk into those good works right. and to do those good works and, and to think that no matter what situation we're facing, what are the good works we can walk into to be a part of God's goodness and right. the answer? Well, and I think with the complexities that we see, another one I love is uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart, lean not mm. on your own understanding, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. Well, when you see something like this, and you're like, I don't know what to do about this situation. Okay, wait. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Mm. Don't lean on your own understanding. Like, when I look at this, I automatically have these thoughts about what should, what shouldn't happen. Don't yeah. lean on that. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. So there literally is a part where we come back and we go, Lord, I don't know what to do. I'm seeking you here. I'm praying. I'm asking your wisdom. Uh, and then you're going to do the best you can. And I... He's not going to send you an email, and you're not going to get this, oh, okay, hold on, the Lord's sending me something. Like, but there will probably be some way that he's going to work circumstances, and you're just going to do the best you can to start addressing this, and mm -hmm. then you will see that a supernatural hand has been uh, guiding you through the process. And so I really believe that. I really believe that if you will seek the Lord's will first and then start taking steps, that you'll find God's guiding you, and his will will be done. Mm. Thank you so much for, for coming on and, and having this conversation with us. Hey, thanks. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to this production from Sand Hills Media Ministry. This episode was produced and hosted by John Daybeck. Audio mixing and camera work by Sean Wigner. Post-production by Eric Wigner. And special thanks to our guest and lead pastor, Jeff Philpott. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us through liking, subscribing, and sharing on your social media. It does more than you know to fuel this project. If you'd like to know more about Sand Hills or join us on a Sunday, you can do so at sandhillschurch.com.